0: Hey listeners, thank you so much for listening to Somebody Write This. I just want to make a quick note at the beginning of the episode that if you do listen to this with small children around, there's a tiny bit of adult language in the interview portion of our episode today. So if that's not something that you can listen to right now, you can either plug in headphones or skip ahead to about 10 minutes in, and that'll get you past that section. I do highly suggest that at some point you go back and listen to the full episode. Our guest Kate has a really awesome Project that I want to make sure everybody is aware of. And especially since the coronavirus shutdowns have changed the way that people are doing art across the country, I'm sure Kate is doing some adapting on her own of the project. Maybe we'll see an online version of it sooner than we thought. So definitely listen to the whole episode at some point. But if you're not able to listen to something with adult language in it out loud at the moment, Feel free to go ahead and skip about 10 minutes in and enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you so much. Enjoy.
1: A cute woman and a wealthy woman face life in Hollywood looking for loyalty and heroin.
2: Somebody write this.
1: Hi, and welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator
2: to give us an idea and then we brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest. Welcome, Kate Smith.
1: Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to, to have you on the podcast. Kate and I actually went to college together, both studying theater, me in education and her in performance. And I reached out to her specifically because she's got a really cool project that she's been working on for quite some time now. So uh, Kate, go ahead and just in as much detail as
3: you want to start off with, tell us, uh, tell all our listeners a little bit about what this project is. Thank you. Yes, I've been uh, working on... This project for the past three years, it's called One Woman Hamlet, and it parallels my own personal journey with mental illness, specifically depression and anxiety, uh, with the story of Shakespeare's Hamlet, and I use puppets and screen projections and music to tell the story, so it's a bit whimsical and unconventional, serious at times, funny at others, and the goal with the project is to be able to uh, tour with it through Chicago Public High Schools, Something I wish I would have known when I was younger is that I was dealing with mental illness, and I just wasn't aware of it. So, so that sort of started the journey, and we've actually started performing it in different music venues throughout the city, which has worked out really well because I feel like the story works just as well for adults as for high schoolers. And so, but but yeah, it started. One of my friends, one of my one of my best friends, uh, committed suicide a few years ago, and started me uh, creating the project in his honor and also i think as a way of you know finding catharsis and healing through that and then i've also dealt with suicidal thoughts myself and so uh, the project was just sort of a way to like break the stigma or the negative label that surrounds mental illness in our community and also share a bit of my story, Jesse's story and like create community throughout uh throughout the process and it's been it's been an amazing an amazing journey like super up and down as all creative processes are i feel like but <laughs> But that's a little bit about the show. When I
1: first was reading about this, I was just, I loved it. I thought it was super fantastic and uh, and definitely wanted to talk to you more about it. So as you put this together, what made you connect
3: Hamlet specifically to this? Mm. Hamlet, I, I didn't know why when I was younger, but it, it was always a story of like catharsis and healing for me. I feel that... Um, Shakespeare sort of takes like what well, my emotions are and then puts them into poetry or on the stage. And I find it so like healing to feel seen in that way. Be like, Oh, somebody else feels the way that this feeling like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, Shakespeare just, does that
2: for me too. He's yes. Yes. I, I think it's really captured like almost every possible facet of the human experience.
3: Yes. <laughs> and still, and still, it's still so re- relevant. Relevant. And Hamlet, I don't feel like people read it very often anymore as, like, a person dealing with mental illness. I don't think it has to be portrayed that way, but it's how I always read it. And so that's how I wanted to do my version of the show is, like, Hamlet's dealing with, you know, depression over losing her father. It's, oh, and Hamlet's a woman in the production, which is fine. I get to play Hamlet. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. I like it. Well, I, how did How do you feel, like, the, the story...
1: Changes either in terms of as a Hamlet production or as a mental illness story, how do you feel like changing the changing Hamlet from uh, male to female? How do you think that
3: changes it? I think it makes you hear it again, which I really appreciate mm-hmm. um you know when you're when you're surprised that the person in front of you doesn't look exactly like how you're used to. I think your ear um listens in mm-hmm. a new way mm-hmm. also in my particular version of the story i'm i'm hamlet and then all the other characters are puppets <laughs> so oh, i feel wow. like that heightens that that i'm that i'm uh, manipulating and so i feel like that sort of highlights that ability to listen in any way as well but also it's it's interesting like i feel like and i might be wrong on this but i feel like most productions of hamlet people expect the character to have their shit more together and it's interesting mm-hmm. i don't feel like people have put that pressure on me as a woman as much when they watch it, just based on like really initial mm. feedback. Interesting. That's fascinating. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to keep doing it and see, I, I'm sure I'll glean more information as it goes on, but yeah, that was my initial, like first, like, Whoa, that's weird. And didn't expect that. This is the
2: first I've heard of this project and I'm absolutely Ooh. fascinated. Do you, or yep. will you ever in the future have, a recorded version to share on the interweb somewhere, because I would love to watch
3: your show. Thank you. Yeah, I would love to eventually. I, I think I'm setting up five free productions throughout Chicago right now. So I'm in the process of booking them and they'll be announced within the next month and a half or so. Okay. And I'm really hoping to record one so that I can share it for free online. I think that'd be really awesome. Cool. So thank you for asking.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if that ever happens, like, you know, even if it's no matter how far down the road it is let us know and we will we will pass that on yeah, so i'm no, sure there no. are a lot of people who are not in the chicago area now who would who would love to be able to see that? You talked a little bit about some of the some of the feedback you've been getting. One of my favorite things about theater in general is that you get this sort of instant sense of feedback, both from mm-hmm. audience reaction as well as from people talk to you about it, and then you have a chance to adjust it. And so yeah, there's yeah. kind of this constant relationship between audience and performer. What has been some feedback that has really what what feedback do you think has really shaped it? Or what is some feedback, some more feedback that really has surprised you? Just talk a little bit about about that experience in creating something like this?
3: When I first started the show, it was like 90% Hamlet, 10% me. And now mm. it's 70% my story and my friend Jesse's story and, and other stories wow. I have uh, to uh, in proportion to Hamlet. And that was because of workshops that I'd done earlier. I was surprised at how much people wanted to hear my story. And I think that's something that we as individuals in the world sometimes forget that like people are interested in what we go mm-hmm. through and that hearing that can make you feel um, less alone for both parties. Yeah. And so I, in making something, I was very hesitant at first to share of myself, not because I wasn't ready, but because I didn't find myself interesting. And I think mm-hmm. that was a really cool realization is that like, you know, everybody wants to, everybody wants to be known and seen, but people also want to know and see you. And I thought that was cool.
1: That is, that is cool. I like that a lot. This segues a little bit into some of the stuff that we'll be doing later as well, uh, where we will ask you to share a favorite piece of media. But I wanted to ask specifically, Mm -hmm. besides you talked about always viewing Hamlet as sort of having this mental illness uh, lens, have there been other pieces of art that you would really identify as being especially storytelling that were
3: important for you in your own mental health journey? Mm, two one you mentioned you've mentioned before on the podcast is I really love crazy ex-girlfriend oh yes it's so good for this yes (laughs) it's incredible I somebody introduced it to me halfway through the creative process and I needed it so badly at that time because I was like oh somebody somebody else is like is sharing their story I felt so much less alone and I felt inspired and I just think she's amazing the other one is did did either of you watch Xena warrior princess growing up yes Uh I've seen pieces of it. I, yeah. So I, I'm by and I remember watching that and just being like, oh, somebody who is like me is on screen right now. Mm, and like, mm-hmm. well, at least that's how it felt. It was never really that aggressive, but it felt like that to my young minds. And it yeah. was a woman kicking ass and like, that was amazing. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. She mm-hmm. was the hero. And so I was like, maybe I can be the hero. So Xena Warrior Princess was hugely <laughs> inspirational to me.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Well, we'll definitely give you a chance later to share where people can find out more about this. Um, even okay. for those not in the Chicago area, you send out some information, and I, which I've been following. And so we'll definitely give you a chance to share a little bit more about how listeners can find you later. But for the moment, let's jump right on into our our storytelling and our, our plot devising. <laughs> okay. So uh, as a reminder, our uh, our prompt is a cute woman and a wealthy woman face life in hollywood looking for loyalty and a heroine (laughs) wow (laughs) i know what a story So, uh, yeah, on the face of this, you know, you've got the beginning earmarks of like a classic Hollywood young actors arrive and fall <laughs> into into drug use or substance abuse. And But there are pieces of this that really kind of intrigue me. They, they're looking for loyalty. I'm intrigued by the distinction between cute and wealthy in describing yes, yes, yes. these women. Like, <laughs> like, I would never look at two people and be like, that's the cute one. That's the wealthy one.
2: <laughs> so, looking at how these two yeah
3: does being wealthy preclude one from being cute and vice versa or it made me feel like they were like you know like when when you think of old partners in crime and like black and white 1940s style or 19 mm-hmm. like maybe earlier style movies where there's like the one partner that is clearly just like the one characteristic and then the other partner that is the <laughs> yeah. other characteristic, like two women come to Hollywood one has money one is cute like I don't know yeah. like never...
1: so maybe but maybe they're both arriving assuming that that like taking on that one quality is like the one that will let them like one arriving assuming her looks will get her through to being a star and one arriving assuming she can buy her way into being a star That's so maybe, okay. There's, okay. maybe the cuteness and the wealth are or maybe they're choosing to self-identify strongly that one way
3: I love that <laughs>
2: So so our, so we're assuming that these two women did not already know each other before arriving in Hollywood. Well, it, it, yeah, it, it, it doesn't
1: it, actually I, I read into it that arriving in Hollywood, maybe one of them was already there.
2: Oh, yeah. Maybe one was already there. Maybe they already knew each other like, hey, yeah, come to Hollywood. You can make it here. Like maybe the wealthy oh. one has already made it and has invited the cute one to come and try it
3: out. Like you're cute. Come to Hollywood. Be wealthy. Like right. You. Like is this like a is this like a
1: sugar mama situation in
3: here? Is there a relationship? <laughs> like where
1: where one is is supporting the other, but they're both kind of interested in
2: Hollywood movie stardom.
1: Yes, um, I like that. And especially like looking at looking for loyalty.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's heroine. that's the thing. That's because because it's not. It doesn't say looking for fame or looking for success. It says looking for loyalty. And not even looking for friendship or romance.
3: I wonder if perhaps the wealthy woman is running like a heroin ring in Hollywood and needs like a cute front face. And so she's looking for loyalty to like support her underground heroin operation. But then maybe she runs out of heroin. I don't know. Or she needs a front person to get heroin. There's something interesting the like to me in the uh there's something about that trait that she needs which is i
1: don't know okay yeah and if they're both looking for loyalty like you could end up with this sort of i feel like this happens in a lot of crime movies and a lot of stories like this where there's this very precarious uh relationship of trust but at any moment circumstances could lead one or the other to to stab the other in the back and so Mm -hmm. maybe they're both like the wealthy woman is having to to rely on on the cute woman to to not turn her in, and the cute woman has to rely on the wealthy woman that she's going to continue maybe taking care of her, continue paying her bills, and so there's kind of maybe this sort of like just about to topple symbiotic relationship.
2: See, I'm like, see this this could go so many different directions now because I'm thinking this could be like a feel good girl buddy movie, life growth. You know, oh isn't it funny that we tried heroin. Kind of uh, seedy <laughs> uh, crime, evil torture, trafficking. What it, like it could go? We we have like the huge spectrum here that this plot could fit in.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see like comedic vibes for this, but I think it, like I'm seeing it more as like sort of a like a black comedy, <laughs> kind of yeah, like okay. this is clearly unhealthy in wrong. every way.
3: <laughs> yeah, like somebody steals the heroin and they have to like get it back before. Yeah. sort of like um have you seen good girls on... yeah I've seen uh, yeah the first several episodes of it I haven't finished it yet the thing I find most interesting about I haven't either but I find most interesting about that is just like just I love um I love seeing women like reclaim power through shenanigans and storytelling mm-hmm. <laughs> <that>? like, <laughs> I, don't
1: know. I feel it's... like there's room for that in this so maybe so maybe the heroin is new to them too. Maybe it's not like they have an established heroin empire or whatever. <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're looking for heroin either to hunt somebody else down or to try to like to to find somebody who's connected to this or because they I don't know, maybe they're not maybe it's not an established part, maybe it's something that they are going after for like for like from a side
2: angle. Maybe it's from maybe it's part of a scavenger hunt <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible so find loyalty, find heroin <laughs> <laughs>
3: and go <laughs> check, check. <laughs> what if they what if they're just trying to find happiness, and like one one's like, yeah, it's not in wealth, and they was like, "Ah, it's not in being cute, maybe it's in I heroin, heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: picturing and and this is going the other direction, the darker direction. 'Cause cause you mentioned the sugar mama element. Mm. What if what if what if there's a gaslighting element to this? Like oh. the wealthy woman, you know, is seducing the cute woman to come to Hollywood and and do all and the cute woman is obviously looking for uh stability in a relationship with another person, so she'd be the perfect mm-hmm. target. Oh, I love that, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Like okay. And, and so the wealthy woman is the villain, but maybe at the <laughs> beginning of the story we don't even know that. Like the audience doesn't even know that. But then it's like sinisterly Ugh, mm-hmm. creeping in, and I, I don't, I don't know what her ultimate motive is, but other than just you know having power over another human being, but she'd be looking for loyalty too, right? Somebody who would be there for yeah. her on her terms, no matter what. Yeah. I think
3: that's beautiful. That's is it. Beautiful. That's, <laughs> well, I think beautiful in yeah. like a, as a love story.
2: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not as a
3: relationship, no. <laughs> you know, not as a relationship. Not the ideal situation yeah. there, but. The beautiful and, like, the vulnerability of it, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Are these women the same age? I just realized I've been thinking of them oh. as as being different ages because of running to stereotypes. <laughs> but are oh. they the same age? See, I was I thinking, thinking women older.
3: I was, I was thinking the wealthy woman is older. Yeah. yeah. As That's was so I. Bad. So,
1: yeah, there's a part of me that now wants to, like, go against that and be like, no, they're, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe they, maybe they went to school together. <laughs> Yeah, And and one went off and like made it and like did
2: really well. Or maybe the wealthy woman is the one not from Hollywood and she's being like, so she's a younger wealthy woman, like just inherited or she's a trust fund baby or something. And Mm. the cute woman is in Hollywood and needs financial security. And so she's bringing in the wealthy woman to help her with her acting career. I'm just throwing random stuff out. <laughs> for sure. I'm going to pause this for a second because it's time for our title. Yes, I think we need some more guidance here.
1: And <laughs> this, is, this is not going to clear things up. Oh, no. <laughs> um, the title is Wrong Raincoats, colon, Sugar, comma, Frisbee. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is just a series of random
3: phrases. Okay. Are sugar, sugar and comma. Frisbee
1: their names?
3: Oh, my God. That's oh, I a- love that. Yes. Sugar and Frisbee are definitely their names. Can Sugar Mama be sugar?
2: Yes. And Frisbee is yeah. the little the little cute, the one. cute one. Oh well, she's obviously like her parents were on drugs because they named her Frisbee. Oh. Uh, so she's like, you know, from like a commune in the middle of Oklahoma or something. Maybe they never actually know each other's names. Ooh.
1: So like they're yeah, they're nickname, they're pet names for each other. And so maybe the audience never
2: gets to know their names. Oh. I like like wrong raincoats actually like I feel like that could color the whole theme of things being Mm -hmm. like they're trying to find their place in life and so like they're wearing the wrong raincoat
3: Mm -hmm. right? I love that. Could it be visualized in like real raincoats somewhere and like they switch coats and then
1: trouble
3: ensues? But I love, but like continuing with that as a as representation of that idea,
2: right? Like, because neither of them feels like they fit in the life that they have, and so they end up switching coats, and that's how they meet, and then they influence each other's lives. Yeah, that way, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. And I like including the the visual element as well of like, maybe they do like, like they swap raincoats partway through. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> uh, like either intentionally or accidentally and either referred to in the story or not. I could see that being like a design choice <laughs> that like just suddenly <laughs> they're just wearing the other raincoat and maybe they're similar, but like there's a small chain and you don't even realize it until you're like, wait a minute. Oh, that so like one Jeff- has a brown stripe on the back or whatever. <laughs> I love that so if that's the visual element of it what is Mm -hmm. what does this say about the narrative arc of their relationship is it is it leaning toward that they do they're wearing each other's raincoats and they need to swap places to be happy is this about like a what I had the other person wanted the need of the whole time kind of thing or Mm -hmm. is this that they're both just out of place and both need to do they end up together at the
2: end I, I don't I don't know where are we going i don't know there is so many it could fit so many different things the title didn't help at all (laughs)
1: okay they have names now
3: (laughs) i'm sort of intrigued that they're both out of place and yeah enjoy wearing raincoats well i think also i was examining that previous sentence i said I, i don't think i was being clear in my own mind but the like women gain power through hijinks is sort of like women reclaiming new space for themselves yeah yeah yeah. uh, in a place that wasn't designed necessarily yeah that definitely fits this yeah like they wear their raincoats they do their thing I don't know maybe the heroine comes into play which I was thing? wondering if they like picked up somebody else's raincoat and there was heroin
1: in the pocket. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, and so then they have to, for some reason, like they can't. There's some reason why they don't just like get rid of it. <laughs> or maybe they or, just
3: really like the raincoat. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe they're looking for the person who had the raincoat <laughs> for <laughs> some reason. Like they're trying to track that person down. Here's another
2: thing to throw in. If one of them's named Sugar and one of them's Frisbee, maybe heroin is the person
3: they're trying to. find. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible! That's incredible.
1: <laughs> I really enjoy that.
2: <laughs> oh man, I feel like that just opened a new door with like or, so many other oh, possibilities beyond. Okay, it. okay. See, see, I was I was an English major, right? And so, like, I, now I'm thinking, what if, what if it's not heroin the drug, but a heroin as in somebody to save them from their lives that don't fit. Ooh, maybe maybe or I mean, it's I not mean, spelled that way but like the poet and they're in actually me is named the hero- word play
1: you could you could absolutely yeah. like play with the fact that this character is named heroine and also happens to be the heroine that they need right
3: <laughs> like exactly. even if it's not
1: yeah as directly as we were talking about like you can play with that
3: i feel like now does anybody else see like a weird dystopian world now where like heroine is like the underground like ringleader of like the vigilantes <laughs> <of> the- yes, <laughs> yes.
2: Sugar yes. and Greasy
3: are trying to find heroin because yeah, they the, don't want to wear society's raincoats. I don't know. The, I but, love but, it. But, <laughs> like,
1: but the names of this also like lend themselves to this sort of weird, like real world adjacent
2: <laughs> kind yes, of
1: yes. setup. So I think, I think that helps us.
2: We've got <laughs> to sci-fi again. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it's it so doesn't weird. have to involve any. Sci- it can honestly just be like this, nu- it, almost like a more, even more fantasy. Maybe like there's that's no true, science involved. It's just this slightly off alternate world yes. <laughs> where it's not clear that we're clearly in a you know another universe, but things are just different. Yeah. Yeah. Alternate history. Okay. Maybe this
3: is where the rats on Mars start. Even like in the sewer, <laughs> maybe. <heroin laughs> maybe before they go to Mars.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. The- Maybe sugar frisbee and heroin are their code names for the the daughter. That oh, in the <laughs> for episode seven.
3: Oh, I'm actually really surprised by how versatile this one is. I thought it was gonna like lend more towards specificity, but there's so many ways you could go. I love it.
2: There are. Yeah. Well, that's um, what and, we find and- out when we do these things. Is.
3: The surprise of, oh, it could do
2: this and oh it could do that.
1: That being said, I feel like we, like I said, we've opened about 20 doors, all of which have 24 more doors behind them. And so we're not, I don't think we're going to narrow this down anytime soon. We have exclusions this time. time. (laughs) However, (laughs) but we've got characters, we've got names, we've got a weird alternate reality setting, we have a strong visual element of wrong raincoats. And Mm. with, with the theme
2: of feeling out of place and loyalty yeah. and, and loyalty. loyal
1: relationships yeah so i think like okay. we have the building blocks of something and we this, just don't have a plot again, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, again it's just yeah you know, i wondered if we were gonna land on one sometime that was gonna do something like this and this is i think <laughs> this is the one <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we have all these pieces that can be put together in any tone and shape people want <laughs> it's kind of um, exciting
3: as a writer movie i don't know right yeah.
1: I would this is again one where I would love to see different takes on this like yes. the it's a writing proper like okay you need raincoats the main characters <laughs> named sugar and it's set in a, in a vaguely dystopian future. Yes. But, so that being that we are near the end of our time of discussing this is there anything that's just like absolutely pressing that you're like we have not talked about this and we really need to.
2: I, there's too many questions. There's dude. too much.
1: It's too much. We're going to have to pass it off to our listeners to interpret this any way you choose. With our And we're actually,
2: we want to know what this story is. So please write something and send it to us. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> absolutely, I don't know if we've made this clear before either on the show, but we also welcome, even if you're not like, I'm going to type up a story about this, like just send us your fan theories. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. well, I would definitely. love to hear. Different interpretations of this, even if it's just like, hey, I thought that sugar would mean this, <laughs> or I thought that you could incorporate the raincoats and the loyalty this way. Please send those to us; we would we'll be happy to to share them on the show or or not, however, whatever you want. But we'd love Definitely. to hear more ideas of where we could go with this, especially for something like this where like it feels like completely limitless possibilities here. All right, then let's segue into our our last pieces here. Um, before we close out and let you plug yourself and the work you're doing, let's take a second to share a story that we think our listeners should check out. So I'm going to go ahead and start. I finally this weekend watched the most recent Best Picture winner, Parasite, and Ooh. it was phenomenal. I didn't know a lot about it going in, which I think is absolutely the best way to do it, so I'm not going to give you any any teasers. Really, it's one that has continued to stick with me, and the visuals and the themes and the characters are so strong and so intense that it's the more I think about it, the more I love it. Like it just keeps growing in my, in my estimation. So if you haven't seen that yet, I highly suggest you check it out. It's really great. I'm going to toss it to you, Jenny. What would you like to recommend for
2: today? All right. I'd like to recommend an autobiography. Surely You're Joking Mr. Feynman, Adventures of a Curious Character by Richard P. Feynman. Richard Feynman is a theoretical physicist. He's uh, received a Nobel prize for his work. But his life has been so much more than that. And reading what he, he wrote about himself, about his, his stories with his work, about how he learned to play the drums, about experiments with ants when he was a teenager, just trying to figure things out and his thought processes. And he's a really wonderful storyteller. And so even if you're... Like, I'm not into physics myself. I was an English major. But reading his stories is just really fascinating. And so if you, like like we said, looking into other people's lives and learning their stories, this is a fascinating personal story. And it's uh, really a delight to read. So give that, check that out.
3: All right, Kate, what would you like to recommend for our listeners to check out? I have gone back recently to rereading The Little Prince. And have, have either of you read that book?
1: I have. I have. Our, I actually have taught a class on
3: it. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh my God.
1: adapting okay. it for youngins
3: <laughs> i i just think it's delightful it means something different to me every time i read it and it always fills me with enchantment and and wonder again which i i find always mm-hmm. makes everything else feel better so i would recommend like going back and rereading it. it's at almost all the libraries there's um a lovely pop-up book available as well that i really Ooh. recommend that you can find, again, most libraries are carrying it now, which is nice. Or it's read aloud on YouTube as well with the pop-up book, if you'd want to check that out.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Before we go, Kate, tell tell listeners how they can find out more about your show and about the, the work you're doing, even if they're not in the Chicago area.
3: Yes. Um, so you can go to my website, www.onewomanhamlet.com. And um, I, I write weekly blog posts based on mental health information, and I have guest writers. And so if, uh, if that's something you want to be a part of, just a community of people talking about mental health topics, I also include a small bit of information on uh, what's coming up next with the show in each email but you can subscribe to that on my website and also I keep put previous blog posts there and all the upcoming show information will be posted there as well.
1: Okay. I know that uh, Kate and I talked about me writing a guest post at some point in the next couple months so Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so definitely I've been reading those and really appreciating them for the for the last couple months myself and so I highly recommend that. Um, Thanks Anna. Thank you so much for joining us Kate. It was a
3: delight. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Hannah and Jenny. The same. This is amazing. I really appreciate
1: it. (laughs) Absolutely. That is our episode, folks. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Follow us on Twitter at WriteThisPod. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a story or a theory or anything else, email us at somebodywritethis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We will be back with another episode in two weeks. We'll see you then. And as they say, the vulture's foot spoils the soup.